welcome to episode 50 of the 3m fear podcast on december 22 1970 there was a knock on the door of a wealthy doctor named walter once he opened the door he saw two men entirely covered in what appeared to be mud he had no idea who these men were The doctor was afraid to completely open the door and so he kept it slightly ajar and asked The two men introduced themselves as Harold and Frank Alexander They said that they were here to speak to their family member Sabine Now Sabine worked as a housemaid for the doctor The doctor had no idea of Sabine's family members and so he decided that he was going to go and ask Sabine Leaving the front door the doctor went into the kitchen and found Sabine a 15 year old girl He told her that her father and her brother were waiting outside to talk to her Sabine set down her knife and the food that she was working on and followed the doctor They approached the front door the doctor stopped about 10 or 15 feet away because he wanted them to have some privacy He stood about 15 feet away from the door contemplating on whether he should turn around or stay back and listen. He really wanted to listen to what they want to say. However, his attention was suddenly grabbed when he heard what Harold, the father, said, and it was truly horrifying. He had no idea about the horrors that had just taken place. Hello and welcome to the 3AM Fear podcast. I'm Nikita Ferrao, mystery and thriller author. On this podcast, I talk about real crimes and real people. Due to the graphic nature of some of this content, listener discretion is advised. You can find the episode show notes on my website 3amfear.com. Let's get started. A small note here I'm suffering from a very bad cold but I really wanted to put out this 50th episode so please excuse me for my voice In the early 1950s a young stone mason named Harold Alexander lived in Hamburg Germany During this time he met an elderly man named George who was the leader of a small religious group known as the Lauber Society Although the society never had a large membership throughout its short history it was deeply rooted in the Christian faith However their beliefs were more extreme compared to any other Christian society For example while many Christians embrace the idea of self-denial that is staying away from certain pleasures like sexual practices or excessive eating or drinking because they wanted to get closer to God George and the Lauber Society took this concept to an extreme level. Their practice of self-denial was so extreme that their members had very little freedom. Their whole lives were all about worshiping God and making sure that they strictly followed the Christian faith. 
Now apart from their strict lifestyle, the members of the Lobber society viewed anyone outside their small circle as evil. Now we are not sure exactly what discussion happened between Harold and George when they first met. But Harold was greatly impressed by George's charisma. They quickly became good friends leading to Harold and his wife Dragma to join the Lobber society, fully embracing this intense way of life. Soon after Harold and Dragma joined, George the leader fell seriously ill and it became evident that he was not going to live long. Now while he was on his deathbed, George spoke privately with Harold. When Harold came out of the meeting, he informed his wife that George had chosen him to be the next leader of the Lobber society. And everyone, including his wife, accepted this. Now it's important to note that it's not sure whether George actually told Harold that he could be the next leader. If Harold lied and told everyone that he was going to be the leader as soon as George died. Because all that is said is that Harold and George had a private conversation. He came out and he told everyone that George had said that he was going to be the next leader. Soon after this Harold passed away and George became the leader. Initially everything was running smoothly, the same as before. But over the next few years as the new leader, Harold introduced a new concept to the members of the Lobber society. He said that the next prophet of God was going to come to earth and everyone had to be ready for the return. He insisted that when this prophet arrived, he would be the one who would recognize the prophet and instruct them on what to do and they had to do it without questioning him. He said that no matter how wild this prophet's needs were, they had to be done and everyone agreed. Around 1953, about a year or two into Harold's leadership of the Lobber society, he and his wife Dragma welcomed their second child. a boy named Frank now as soon as harold saw this boy he said this is the long awaited prophet he said this to his wife and to the members of the lobber society and without questioning him everyone agreed that his son frank was the prophet now frank grew up around the lobber society and throughout his life he was made to believe that he was the chosen one he was the prophet By the time he reached grade school age he wholeheartedly believed that he was the prophet of God he turned into this very dominating person around his family especially to his three sisters and his mother now despite all this overbearing behavior no one ever said anything because remember Harold had said no matter what the prophet asks they have to give it to him When Frank turned 16, he started thinking about girls and sex. But he was always made to believe that people inside the circle were good and the ones outside were bad. And he didn't want to infiltrate this group and bring in someone from outside. He didn't want to pollute the society. So what he did was that he went to his father and told him that he wanted to have sex with his mother. and his sister in order to make sure that the lobber society were always pure now his father instead of turning angry or saying anything openly embraced this idea 
he not only embraced this idea but sometimes he would also join in on them the women in the group his own mother and sister no matter how wild it sounded happily accepted this because they believed that he was the chosen one and no matter what he wanted it was never wrong they found it as a way of serving god now while all this was happening his sisters began talking to some of their friends in school and one of the sister would talk about how she felt jealous because her brother always kept choosing the other sister over her or that her brother was giving more attention to the other sister now no matter how normal the sisters thought that this was the other girls in the school did not and they found this whole relationship quite weird and before long all these rumors started to spread around parents of students of course found this very weird and they started to keep their children away from these girls or they started to complain about these girls and this whole complaint made its way to the police before long harold came to know that the hamburg police were about to launch an investigation and around the same time he also found out that the members of the lobber society had found out about this incest they had nothing to do with this incest they were made to believe that once the prophet comes they had to listen to the prophet they had to give in to the prophet but this whole incest thing it came from harold and they had no idea what was happening inside the family now one thing to be noted here is that this is not your typical cult case where everyone lives together everyone dresses up the same everyone acts together it's not like that everyone had their own homes so what was happening inside harold's home was not known to the others now once the society found out that what was happening they were beside themselves and they decided that they were going to distance themselves from harold and his family because they did not approve of incest now harold also slowly started to find out that the police were coming for him the society were not approving of whatever he was saying and so the only best thing that he could do was leave harold went to the lobber society and announced his retirement he said that it would be better if they found a new leader and subsequently harold and his family completely cut ties with the lobber society they then left hamburg and decided to find a place in santa cruz a city on the canary islands in spain they settled into a small apartment in this bustling city and swiftly fell back into their familiar routines they worshiped frank and they still believed that he was the prophet even though they were no longer a part of the lobber society they still believed whatever they had preached 10 months later on december 22 1970 there was a knock on the door of a wealthy doctor named walter his house was not far from where the alexanders lived once he opened the door he saw two men entirely covered in what appeared to be mud he had no idea who these men were The doctor was afraid to completely open the door and so he kept it slightly ajar and asked The two men introduced themselves as Harold and Frank Alexander They said that they were here to speak to their family member Sabine Now Sabine worked as a housemaid for the doctor The doctor had no idea of Sabine's family members and so he decided that he was going to go and ask Sabine 
Leaving the front door, the doctor went into the kitchen and found Sabine, a 15-year-old girl. He told her that her father and her brother were waiting outside to talk to her. Sabine set down her knife at the food that she was working on and followed the doctor. They approached the front door. The doctor stopped about 10 or 15 feet away because he wanted them to have some privacy. He stood about 15 feet away from the door, contemplating on whether he should turn around or stay back and listen. He really wanted to listen to what they want to say. However, his attention was suddenly grabbed when he heard what Harold, the father, said, and it was truly horrifying. The doctor paused and looked directly at Sabine, waiting for her to give some sort of an emotional reaction. Shout, scream, cry, do something. But to his absolute shock, Sabine did not break down in tears or express any sort of pain. Instead, she just reached out, grabbed her father's muddy hand, pressed it to her cheek and calmly said, quote, I'm sure you did what was necessary. End quote. And the two of them embraced. Stunned, the doctor just stood there, trying to understand what was happening before him. He struggled to grasp the situation. He suddenly said, quote, Hey, I'll be right back. Stay right there. End quote. The doctor quickly ran into the other room, closed the door and called the police. The police exited their car and approached the three of them. They asked them about the situation and why they were there. Harold in a calm manner proceeded to say some of the most disturbing information the policeman had ever heard. However, this time Harold was very specific. He spoke about the most disturbing incident that had taken place inside their apartment. The officers were taken aback by whatever Harold said, especially considering that he had his two children standing right next to him, and both of them were expressionless. Despite the shocking nature of the information, Harold's kids remained calm, behaving as if everything that their father said was normal. Now the police once again asked Harold to repeat his story. In fact, they did it more than twice because they wanted to make sure that whatever he was saying was right. After confirming all the details, they proceeded to arrest Harold and his two children. Once at the police station, three additional officers were dispatched to the Alexander house in Santa Cruz. Upon opening the front door, these officers immediately recognized that the unsettling story that Harold had told them was true. The story of what happened inside the apartment based on the testimonies of Frank and Harold on December 21, 1970 begins one day before they arrived at the doctor's villa. At that time, the father and son were at home with their mother Dragma as well as two of their three sisters, 18-year-old Marina and 15-year-old Petra. The third sister Sabine was staying at the doctor's villa while working there for a few days. 
During the afternoon, Dragma and Harold left the living room to take a nap in one of the bedrooms. At some point, Frank got up from the living room and entered the bedroom, sitting on the edge of the bed. He was now staring at his mother. She suddenly rolled over and looked at him. She was just looking at him, but Frank took this gaze as suggestive and offensive. He believed that she was not allowed to look at him that way. In that very moment, Frank claimed that he knew the killing hour was here. Now the concept of killing hour was not something that came from the lawbird society. It was something that Frank believed and maybe it was something that Harold had made up. According to Frank, women were considered as impure and the only way to purify them and make sure that they went to heaven instead of hell was to murder them. In the Alexander household, it was understood that at some point this killing hour would come and Frank would be the one to kill them. When this happened, all the women in the household were instructed to stop whatever they were doing and wait for Frank to sacrifice them. As soon as Frank saw this quote-unquote offensive look on his mother's face, he believed that the killing hour was here. He promptly announced it to both his mother and his father. Frank then seized a wooden coat hanger and struck his mother on the top of her head. In response to him saying that the killing hour was here, his mother obeyed his rules, flipped onto her stomach and placed her hands on her side. She lay flat and waited for her son to attack her. As Frank continued to strike his mother, Harold excitedly leapt out of bed and instead of stopping his son, he rushed to the living room and began playing the organ, the musical instrument found in Christian churches. Meanwhile, the two sisters, Marina and Petra, they heard the commotion and came out of their bedrooms and into the living room. When they saw that Frank was hitting their mother, they just stood there, staring at him. Harold then told his daughters that the killing hour was upon them and he instructed them to get ready. Familiar with the rules, the sisters stopped doing whatever they were doing and then moved to the center of the living room. They sat down, crossed their legs and patiently waited for Frank to come and attack them. Once he was done with his mother and believed that she was dead, he got out of the room and saw that his father was on the organ and his two sisters were sitting on the ground. So without any hesitation, he walked over to Marina and began hitting her on the top of the head. He then turned to Petra and did the same thing to her until she lay on the ground motionless. After this, Frank caught up went into the kitchen and he pulled out a small knife, pruning shears and a hammer. At this point, it's likely that one or two of the Alexander women were still alive, so Frank came back into the living room with his tools in hands and began hitting them again. This is some very disturbing things that Frank is going to do and I'm going to give a warning. You can skip about a minute from now if you can't hear because I personally could not take it, but you can skip about a minute. Let's get into it. 
Frank then began to cut off their breasts and genitals of both his sister and his mother. And when he physically could not do it, it was too difficult for him, he asked his father to help. And together, father and son switched places and began doing the same thing, back and forth. After they had done, they nailed all these parts to the wall. They both then went ahead to cut out the heart of Dragma and then wrapped it up in a cord and then nailed this cord to the wall. Father and son both started running around the apartment, yelling and singing, rejoicing that they had finally done it. On December 22nd at 3.45pm, Frank and Harold visited the doctor's house. That's when they told the news to Sabine and Sabine told them that she understood that the killing hour was here and she knew what was about to happen. She calmly took her father's hand, pressed it to her cheek and said that she understood. This shocking moment was what prompted the doctor to call the police and that's when the police came in and when they questioned, Frank and Harold told everything. And the mud that was on both their bodies, that was not actually completely mud, but it was actually blood. Psychiatrist would later go on to say that Frank and Harold were not mentally fit to stand trial. Instead, they were sent to an asylum for the criminally insane. Now, despite their gruesome actions, these men showed no remorse. They never justified their deeds and they claimed that whatever they did, they did it for their good. In fact, they would go on to say that they had sent these women to heaven. Sabine, the surviving daughter, requested to live with her brother and father in the asylum, but the authorities would not allow her. Instead, she was sent to live in a convent with the nuns. Unfortunately, what would happen to Sabine later would never be known. In a surprising turn of events, around 1990, approximately 20 years after being confined to the asylum, Frank and Harold managed to escape. To this day, they have never been caught and no one knows where they are. With this, we end the case of the Alexander family murders. This is my 50th episode and I thank you all for being there with me throughout these episodes and I have a lot of stories to come. But out of all these 50 episodes, I have to admit this was the craziest one. A big thank you to all my fellow listeners who have been listening to all my episodes. Thank you so much. Your listens, your support means a lot. If you love my podcast, if you love the stories that I put out, then please do follow me on whichever podcasting platform you are listening from and please do leave a rating. It will really help me a lot. You can listen to me on other platforms including Spotify, Apple Podcasts and any other podcasting platform. If you are in India, you can always listen to my podcast on Ghana or Geosavan. If you love to listen to strange and mysterious stories, then follow me on Instagram and YouTube where I put out reels on such stories. These are completely different from the ones that I put out on my podcast, so do follow me on them. If you love travel, you can follow me on my travel channels. I'll link them also in the description. Until then, stay kind and stay safe out there.